Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And, um, and uh, we're going to be talking in our series, One Another. And if you've been with us, we've been looking at some of these one another statements in the Bible that's referring to the church, the New Testament, how the Christians are supposed to behave with one another and towards one another. And we've talked about love one another. We've talked about uh, be kind to one another. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about how to forgive one another. And we began this conversation really last week as we looked at the verse. We're going to look at, we're going to pick up on the same verse we looked at last time about uh, being kind to one another. And we talked about the motivation for forgiveness. Do you guys remember that last week? We talked about the motivation. Basically, the, the command is even as Christ has forgiven us, we also ought to forgive one another. And when G- because Jesus has forgiven us of so much, then we're supposed to extend that forgiveness towards others. But I think any, like anything, it's easier said than done. Right? Many of us have been hurt by somebody. We've been offended by someone. Somebody said something to us that they shouldn't have said or, uh, uh, or maybe it came across a way that they didn't mean it but it, we were hurt by it or maybe it was something intentional. They, cho- they chose to be mean or harmful towards us and we've been hurt and some of you guys have been hurt um, in major ways, right? Like really traumatic, difficult deep wounds that probably stretch back beyond uh, maybe even your own awareness, right? Like because of your upbringing or because of decisions that were made even outside of your control. But then many of us, we deal with the sort of day-to-day hurts and harms, right? Like you just pass somebody in the hall and they give you a dirty look and then you think through that or, or you step in front of somebody or you, or you pull out in front of someone in the car and they honk at you and they give you a not so friendly gesture and you have to think through that or maybe somebody says something mean to you and you were kind of fumbled in your response and then you walked away thought all day about all the things you could have said or should have said that oh if I had it again I would have said this and I told them off and you sort of think through all of that stuff and it's really easy for us to to be offended and then to to sort of carry a a sort of offense where we've been hurt we've been harmed and it's hard to then forgive. And so I want to talk real practically tonight on how to forgive one another. Does that sound good? I hopefully will give you some real practical tools that you can sort of stick in your pocket and you can either apply tonight where you're like, there's people that have hurt me that I need to do this right now, um, or you can hold on to it and it'll help you as you go. So how to forgive. Ephesians 4, 32, we'll read it again. It says this, and be kind to one another, and then here it is, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. The word forgive, it carries all sorts of ideas, but primarily it means to grant pardon. It's kind of like a judicial term. Imagine you're standing before the judge, and you have pledged your case, and then afterwards, he says, okay, you've been pardoned. You've, you've been uh, uh, set free. You can go. But it also carries a deeper idea than that, than just judi- uh, like a judicial sense. It also means to show oneself gracious. So it's not just to like, okay, I'm releasing you, but it's sort of a step above that. 
It's to, show so, to, to be gracious to someone. And then it even takes it even farther. So it's not just be like, okay, whatever, I'm letting it go. Okay, I'm showing you grace, it's all good. But even farther, it means to do something pleasant or agreeable for someone. That's this word, to forgive one another. It's not just to be like, oh, it's fine. Right? You, you ever somebody apologize? Hey, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, it's fine. My grandpa used to always say, like, no, it's not fine. Like, if somebody did something wrong, you can say, I forgive you. But don't just say, it's fine. Because it's fine, that indicates, yeah, just do it again. I don't care. Right? It's, no, I forgive you. And so, so it's one thing to be like, okay, it's good, I forgive you. It's another thing to be gracious. Oh, man, I, it's water under the bridge. Let's move on. But then it's a step further than to say, okay, I'm actually going to do something pleasant or kind towards you. And so it's, forget, it's, it's learning how to forgive. It's been said that you're never more like God than when you forgive. You never practice embody more of the characteristics of God than when you forgive. So how do we forgive? All right. I've got an acronym for you tonight. Do you guys know what an acronym is? Yeah. Okay. Here's our word. This is what we're going to sort of break down. Our acronym is the word dwell. I didn't spell it right, but. We'll just repeat the L. So my last point will be L and then just double it, squared. Dwell, that's our acronym, all right? So here we go. The first letter, D, um, this is our point. How do we forgive? Number one, you have to have a desire to forgive. In order to forgive someone, it starts with a desire to forgive. Now, an apology happens when you've wronged someone, Right? An apology happens when you were the perpetrator, you were the villain in a sense, and you've wronged somebody. You said something you shouldn't have said, you looked at them in a way you shouldn't have looked at them, you posted about them, or whatever it is, you were the villain, and now you owe them an apology. But forgiveness happens when you've been wronged, right? There's a difference. An apology is, hey man, I shouldn't have said that, I'm sorry, uh, I, I just... I didn't sleep well last night, I ate a weird lunch, and I just, you caught me at a bad time, and I just reacted. I apologize. Do you forgive me? Right? There's an apology. But forgiveness happens when you are the person that's been wronged, when somebody did something to you. And sometimes it's by accident, right? They, they had a bad night's sleep, they ate something weird for lunch, Right? They were running late, and you just so happened to catch them at their worst, and they treated you bad, and, and they didn't think before they acted. Sometimes, though, it's with intention. They woke up that morning, and they chose violence towards you. They're like, I, want, I just want you to suffer. I want you to feel pain. I want you to feel discomfort. I am choose, I'm going to my friend right now, and I am going to talk about you. Right? <laughs> And they chose intentionally that they were going to do something wrong. And because of that, and, and because we oftentimes feel like that's the case, it's easy for us to then feel justified in our anger and have no desire to forgive. Right? Somebody woke up, they chose violence towards you, and you're like, all right, I'm not letting it go. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm upset. You offended me. You hurt my feelings. You said something. You posted something. You behaved in such a way. And now because you actually did that wrong thing, I am justified in my anger, and I'm going to hold on to it. 
And if they did do it intentionally and they wronged you intentionally, you are justified in your anger, right? You're like, that isn't fair. They shouldn't have treated you like that. You have more value than that. They, they shouldn't have said that. And, and so we hold on to that. We're angry. And because we're justified, we then have no desire to forgive. Because sometimes it feels good to have something over someone else, doesn't it? Like if we're honest, sometimes it's like, yeah, I, I, this, there's power that I have over you because you've wronged me. And we feel justified. So why then should we even forgive? Well, the Bible warns of a root of bitterness that corrupts the whole body. And that root of bitterness is unforgiveness. The root of bitterness, where, where, does, where does bitterness come from? Well, it comes from unforgiveness. It starts with somebody hurt my feelings, and now I'm dwelling on those hurt feelings, and I'm mulling it over, over, and over. I can't believe they said that. Did you? And you tell other people about it, and they feed into it, and you get all fired up. Yeah, they said that. I can't believe they said that. And then you go to bed at night like, oh, next time I see them, I'm totally going to die. And it festers, and then, and then you see them, and you ignore them, and then uh, you, you see them in a place that you didn't expect to see them, and you're like stomach drops, and you get all sweaty, and your heartbeat races, and you're just, it just festers, and it boils over. And then pretty soon, you've got a, you've got bitterness in your life and it's poison and you're holding on to it because you feel like you're justified and so the bible says don't hold on to bitterness because it harms you because it'll actually hurt you the bible also says that bitterness means you're living earthly minded and not heavenly minded that when you're living with bitterness when you're not letting things go, when you're not releasing people, when you're not forgiving people, you're actually not living with a heavenly mindset. You're living with an earthly, a temporary mindset. One author said that forgiveness is the oxygen of the kingdom of God. We inhale God's forgiveness and then we exhale it onto others. We inhale for ourselves the forgiveness that comes from God that flows from the cross and then we exhale it onto other people. Bitterness will defile and harm you, and forgiveness, listen, will grant you freedom. So, in order to forgive, you must have a desire to forgive. You can't forgive others if you don't want to, right? You can't forgive somebody if you decided, do you know what, I'm gonna hold on to this. I'm justified, I'm angry, and I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to let it go. And what you're doing is you're establishing a root that's going to lead to bitterness. And that bitterness is going to harm you, it's going to poison you, and it's going to make you not heavenly-minded, but earthly-minded. And so step one, how do I forgive someone? Well, you go, okay, I cho I'm choosing, I want to forgive them. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be stuck like this. I don't want them and what they did to me to control my feelings and my actions and my mind. I don't want to think about them anymore, right? Have you ever been wronged and you're like, ah, oh, I can't believe they did that. And then all you do is think about that person. You're like, I just want to move on from that person. I don't want to think about them anymore. And yet all I do is lay in bed at night and think about that person who I've got such a good life. <laughs> and yet I'm thinking about them. Right? And it's bitterness, and it dwells. And so how do you forgive? You have to desire to forgive. You have to choose. Okay, do you know what? I want to. I want to forgive. Okay, secondly, the W 
is a question. Where have you wronged others? How do you forgive someone? Well, you first, you, you have to have the desire. I'm choosing to forgive. Secondly, if you're going to forgive someone, you have to go, where have I wronged somebody else? Whenever you've been the victim of someone else's harm, it's easy for us to only think of ourselves as the victim, right? We're like, I w- my feelings were hurt. I'm sad. My day was ruined. They were gossiping about me. <laughs> and we only think about ourselves as the victim. And part of the process of forgiveness is I- identifying if you're capable of treating someone else the way that you've been treated. Okay, so you've been harmed. They said bad stuff about you. So then you time out and you go, is it, is it possible for me to say bad things about other people? And you're like, well, yes. I do that all the time. So then maybe in their treating you poorly, maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Maybe they're not as bad as you think they are. And you go, do you know what? I think I'm actually capable of doing what they did or maybe even worse to somebody else. Why did they treat you like that? Well, maybe you're dating their ex-boyfriend or their family is going through difficulty or they feel lonely, right? It's like maybe you are the recipient of something, but maybe it's not because they're out to get you, or maybe they're going through something, or maybe it's kind of a byproduct of decisions both of you guys have made, and all of a sudden you realize, like, I am absolutely capable of doing to them what they've done to me. Have you ever treated someone in a way that you shouldn't have? We all have, and how do we want to be treated when we've treated someone wrong? We want grace, right? We want kindness, we want love, we want forgiveness, right? We don't want people to hold it over us forever for one mistake that we made, right? Nobody wants that. We want to be able to be treated new each day. Do you know that's the amazing thing about God is that his mercies are new each day? And it's as if even if we could use up all of God's mercy in a day, which you can't, okay? But even if you could, even if one day you exhausted all of God's mercy, each new day it resets. God views you. He loves you. He, he sees you and his mercies for you are, you, you can't exhaust them. You, you can't run out. His mercy's that good. But even if you could, it's new each day. And, and don't we want that from other people? Wouldn't we like to be like, man, don't hold me to what I did 10 years ago. Don't hold me to what I did last week. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to be forgiven. I want to move forward. And yet, so often, we don't want to release other people, but we want to be released for ourselves. This is where we have to call to mind what Jesus said, what's been called the golden rule. Jesus said this in Matthew 7. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So, in other words, if you want to extend forgiveness, you also have to be willing to recognize that you also need to be forgiven. Right? Like, maybe the person that you're all bent out of shape at or towards 
is feeling something similar to you. <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe who you're like, okay, I want forgiveness or I need to extend forgiveness to them, but maybe they're thinking I need to extend the forgiveness to them. <laughs> and so it's important that we recognize and we identify, we go, okay, is, is it possible that I could treat somebody else the way that I've been treated? Where have you wronged others? All right, number three, you guys with me? Yes. Is this helpful? All right, number three is this. You have to engage in the process. That's our E. Engage in the process. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 23, or 5, verse 23. He says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and then you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. He's talking about worship. He's talking about coming to God. And he says, okay, if you've got issues between a brother, the, the language brother is like what we're talking about. It's one another. It's speaking of Christians. So if you've got an issue with a fellow believer and you're coming to God, he says, there is a time and a place where you pause and you go, do you know what? I need to go reconcile with this person. I need to make it right. Why? Because we're both Christians. We're both followers of Jesus and we both want to move forward. And so I need to pause what I'm doing and I need to go be reconciled to my brother. Part of forgiving is taking an initial step. In this case, leave your gift, go reconcile with your brother. I think it's so easy for us to wait around and hope that the perfect moment to deal with this kind of stuff will just pop up. Like we're just minding our own business, we're just doing our own thing, and all of a sudden, perfect opportunity for reconciliation. Let's do it. But more often than that, you have to start something, right? You have to send a text. You have to set up a meeting with them. You have to unblock them on social media. Like there, there's, a, there's a first step. <laughs> there's something that has to begin. Okay, you want to forgive. How do you forgive someone? Well, you take that initial step. You engage in this process. You go, all right, hey man, I, I've been... Maybe you don't even remember this moment, but I've been kind of stuck on it. And uh, do you think we could talk? I've just got some things I need to sort of get off my chest. Or, or you see him like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? This is so awkward, and I'm not trying to be like, make myself better than you or anything like that. I just, this is, you said this, you know, this one time, and it, it really, it just hurt my feelings. And I wanted you to know, and I just want to be able to move forward. What can we do to move forward? Right, and can I tell you, it is so weird and awkward. There is no perfect formula. You're gonna fumble, it's gonna be weird. Maybe you might even say something in that moment that you didn't mean and you have to start the whole process over again. The point is, you have to start. The point is, if you're gonna, if you're gonna release it, if you're not gonna allow this root of bitterness to take hold of your life, you have to start, you have to forgive someone. But also, I, I use these words on purpose. You have to engage in the process because we also have to recognize that there is a process to forgiveness. It isn't going to happen overnight. You might have that conversation and go nowhere. Right? You might have that conversation and next time you see them, it's worse. Right? It, it just might be that way. Like life is weird. People are awkward and relationships are confusing and being in church together isn't easy. Right? We're, we're all just different personalities, and we behave different, we think different, and sometimes we rub each other the wrong way, and it's like, ah, this is weird. But you do what you can, and then you allow the Spirit of God to work on you 
and them. Part of the thing with forgiveness, I think, is when God's working on your heart about it, he's also working on their heart about it. And sometimes when we're ready to forgive and it isn't reciprocated the way we think it should be, it causes the anger to reemerge. So we have to allow the spirit of God and the grace of God to move the process forward. Okay, last one, the L that repeats itself. I'm just kidding, but kind of for dwell um, is to let go. Right? We have to, we have to desire to forgive. We have to uh, ask, where have I hurt others? We have to engage in the process, and then we have to let go. Once you've done all that you can do, you've decided to forgive, you understand you can relate to them, you've done what you can do to reconcile, you must then move on. Part of moving on is then replacing negative feelings and emotions towards someone with positive ones. We go from wanting payback or justice or revenge or or them to feel what we feel to looking for ways to express love and blessing and joy for them. We We have to replace the negative feelings with positive ones. Because we spend all of this time thinking about payback or, or why we're right or why do we, we deserve to feel this way. We spend all of this energy and then we don't spend any time trying to move on or move forward. We're just like, okay, whatever, yeah, I forgive you. Let's. And then we, we're like, what's going on? Why can't I move forward? Well, we have to look for ways to express love and blessing and joy for them. You can't move on if you insist on staying angry. You have to replace those negative feelings and negative actions with positive ones. Listen to this. I'm going to invite the worship team back up here. But um, in Matthew 5, again, Jesus is speaking. And and Jesus, in in the whole Sermon on the Mount, he gives us such um, powerful uh, description and ways that we can get along with with one another. Because the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, is known as the manifesto of the kingdoms. Everyone say manifesto manifesto of the kingdom. It's basically, this is life in the kingdom of God. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And then he says this, Matthew 5, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now pause for a moment. When Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, he's not quoting the Bible. There's, you will not find a verse that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Except for right here, when Jesus is quoting somebody else. This was sort of like a, uh, a common saying in, uh, like in the day. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And then Jesus says, you've heard that, but I say to you, ready for this? Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And then he says this, that so that you may be sons or daughters of your Father in heaven. For he who makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Right? That's easy, isn't it? It's easy to show love to those that love you. It's easy to be nice to those that are nice to you. And then he says, do not even the tax collectors do the same? Like he's basically saying, don't, Even the most basic of people, even the people that are just following their own desires and emotions, they can do that. 
And he says, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Don't even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. He says, bless those who might deserve curses. Pray for those who might deserve punishment. Love those who hate you. Look for ways to show God's unchanging love to those that, have, that you have been hurt by. And it might be small, right? Like, I love that Jesus kind of, he, he, he builds it up a little bit. He's like, bless those. In other words, just start saying nice words. Instead of saying mean words, maybe, maybe start with saying no words about them. And then let's go to nice words. And then he takes it a step further. Okay, don't just say nice words about them, but pray for them. Okay, what does that look like? God, I pray that you would give them a flat tire, that they'd get fired from their job, that they'd lose their hair before they're 30. <laughs> right, that, that their significant other would dump them. No, 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 that's not, that's not the prayer, right? The prayer is, God, would you show your grace to them? God, would you show your favor to them? I'm sure that they're confused or hurting or lost. God, would you bless them? Uh, I'm sure that the way they're treating me is a byproduct of the dysfunction at home. And so God, would you be at the center of their home? I heard that they just got dumped by their whatever or their parents just broke up or whatever the situation is. God, would you be in the middle of that? And you start going from no words to nice words. And from nice words, you start praying. And then all of a sudden, as you step into their world and you understand maybe a little bit about them, you start realizing that maybe they, you weren't the target. Maybe you were sort of the byproduct of difficulty in their life. And God begins to change your heart from just ignoring them or, or maybe from being angry at them to ignoring them to actually caring about them in a deep way. And then he, he goes even farther, right? He goes, okay, don't just say no words. Don't just say nice words. Don't just pray for them, but love them. And the word love, it's the sagape love. It's the kind of love that God shows us. It's the self-sacrificing, even if they give nothing in return type love. Because the, the craziest, most, I think, like head-scratching aspect of the cross is Jesus knowing full well that some people would reject him. Jesus knowing full well as he as his blood was shed in the ability to forgive anyone and everyone. The cross is so final that anyone that would call on the name of Jesus would be saved. And yet Jesus knowing full well that there would be some that wouldn't receive, that would reject him. And yet he lays down his life. That's the kind of love that the follower of Jesus is then called into. It's not a love that's often reciprocated. It's a type of love that gives and gives and gives even with nothing in return. And so, what do we do? Well, we let go. And we replace all of the negative and all of the anger and all the bitterness. And we turn that into blessing, into prayer, into love.
can I encourage you? You can be released from bitterness and you can find freedom. You can live light. And you can be, I remember my youth pastor used to say, be like a duck. Let the water just roll right off your back, right? It just kind of, it's gone, it's there and it's gone. And you don't, you don't, things don't stick to you. You don't get stuck on them. You don't dwell on them. You actually are able to forgive. That's kind of the point why I said dwell. I thought it was so perfect. So sometimes I told Hannah to say, I'm like, man, sometimes it just really goes well for me. Don't dwell, right? Don't dwell on things. Don't get stuck. But instead, desire to forgive. Where, where, where have you wronged others? Where are you capable of doing what they've done to you? Right? Engage in the process and then let go. And learn to, here's the other L. I'm not even going to do it. It's so corny. Just love them. <laughs> All right, let's pray together.